Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the campfire, the only place where friends and strangers alike sit down and tell tales in truth or fiction in exchange of my blessing of their safe travels. Allow me to relight the fire. While you relax and listen, make your mind wander about the reality we live in. This story I'm about to tell you tonight is called This morning the doors to our apartment complex were welded shut. I'm starting to think that it was a good idea. Part 2 from user The Scandalist Sit back, relax, and fall asleep as you listen to our tales. I'm still here, still alive, so that's good. Still locked in, and I'm starting to doubt whether I'm as protected as I've thought I am. Today was the day when we were planning to try to leave this place, but with everything that had happened, I don't think we'll be leaving anytime soon. The water and electricity are still working, which is surprising. It might be that not the whole town has been evacuated or that there's some skeleton crew left to take care of the necessities. Just to be prepared for everything, I've filled the bathtub with water, in case it stops running or something happens to the pipes. I'm also eating only perishable goods for now, the rest can wait. I guess I'll clear out the refrigerator first and switch to grains and potatoes afterward. The phones aren't working anymore, and neither is the internet without the VPN. I guess it would be smarter to turn it off completely, but someone at the local ISP's office is either not very smart or has left this window of opportunity for people like me. On the day it all started, everyone in the building has been trying to contact the police. I remember that on the first day you could hear them all through the walls, cursing that they wouldn't pick up the phone or begging to come to help us when someone did pick up. At first, the policemen were seemingly shocked when they learned that we were still here, but then they told us how it was. Nobody was coming to rescue us. It would all be over soon. We just had to stay put. When people started calling their relatives, the phones were suddenly switched off and had stayed silent since then. So I guess the higher-ups don't want us to spread panic. Perhaps the rest of the country is not even aware of what's going on here. I'm not surprised. Our politicians have a long history of keeping catastrophes under the wraps. The beast has been very active on the first day. Though I hadn't seen it, I'd heard later from the rumors that one of the tenants had seen it lurking beneath his windows. We'd occasionally hear its roars and screeches, and every time I could hear the entire building fall silent to hone in on its sounds and determine how far away is it. We couldn't hear it on Saturday, only a few car alarms had been set off, implying that something still lurks there. And on Sunday, for now, let's just say that we didn't see him during the day. 
All of this has led people to believe that this whole thing is going to be over soon. Although on the first day everyone was staying in their apartments, on the second day people started going out. People were walking up and down on the stairwell, talking to each other, and even inviting their neighbors in for a dinner. I'd never seen these people getting so social. Usually, they just give you a death stare. I could hear the clanking of plates and cups, whistling of kettles, and chittering of the tenants as they were gathering into groups. I can understand them. Even the soldiers on the front lines of WW2 had reported how unbearable the boredom was when nothing was happening. Plus, it's been instilled into us to stick together in times of hardship by the very nature. So, realizing that it wasn't a good idea to spend my days alone, I decided to pay a visit to the only friend I had within these walls, Nikita, who lived on the fifth floor. We'd been buddies since the day I moved in. He noticed me when I was entering my apartment and invited me for some tea. He was a swell guy around my age and was a casual tabletop gamer. We'd spent many evenings playing Monopoly and Jackal in the past with him and his girlfriend. It was her who opened the door and I instantly recognized from the look on her face. Something was very wrong. Nikita was staying at his friend's home the night before it all started, Natasha explained. He was supposed to come home in the morning. We took a day off for Friday and were supposed to go out of town. But he didn't make it in time. She didn't cry, though looking at her eyes I realized that she had for many hours. I could tell that she could use my support, so I invited myself in. Over a cup of tea, she shared with me that she was feeling scared for him. She was afraid that he was close to the building when the sirens started wailing, and that she had nightmares where black hands were dragging him into darkness. She shared with me that she had heard that someone couldn't get in on Friday morning, and that she was afraid that it was him. So I reassured her that it wasn't the case. As I was there, I heard the victim's voice, and I'd be able to tell if it was Nikita. That brought her some relief, but she was still stressed. I can't sleep very well since then, she told me. I wake up in the night hearing footsteps above. I keep hoping that it's him, but I know that it's not the case. On my way back from Natasha, I've met the man who had claimed that he was a professional welder. He was carrying a box of tea to his neighbors. Curiosity got the best of me, so I struck up a conversation with him, hoping to learn if something about those welds could tell him something about the welder. It's all over the place, he informed me. The welds are mostly fine, so I can tell that whoever did that knew what he was doing, but they are really messed up in other spots, especially at the corners. And there was a lot of slug left. Whoever did that was probably in a hurry and drunk. His hands seemed to be trembling. I can't stop thinking about it. The perpetrator is somewhere in this building. I know it. There are four separate flights of stairs, five floors, four apartments, or each floor grouped around a stairwell. So, 80 apartments total. If I go by elimination, I'd be able to find eventually find him. It's not like I have anything better to do at the moment. I've spent a good hour examining the door, trying to spot some clues. All I've found is a cigarette, but that may not even belong to him. A Russian brand soya zapolo really nasty stuff. Makes you cough your lungs out. I might take a look at the paint cans mounted on each flight of stairs. The improvised ashtray. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt. A classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. 
American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA, so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters, because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Maybe I'll find something this way. Some people don't have the luxury to just kick back and pursue some personal quests like I do. They genuinely need to get out. An old man in his early 60s knocked on my door. He was looking for insulin. He had been planning to get it from the nearby drugstore on the morning we were all locked in. During the last few days, he had used up his last reserves and now desperately needed more. He said that he had hoped that it would all be over before that would happen, but time was playing against him. And now he had no choice but to ask people to share their own, if they had any. I didn't, but I wondered if any other tenants had but were choosing to hide that fact in order to save some for themselves. When I noted that I hadn't seen his face before he informed me that he was from the next flight of stairs, he had to get up onto the roof to come over here when all of his neighbors told him that they didn't have any insulin on them. I'd heard that there had been shortages of insulin in the drug stores lately, which was probably why the old man didn't have enough stock on him. The drug store is just across the road from our building, he complained to me. I can see it from my window. They were supposed to bring in a new batch on Friday morning. But when I came downstairs, the door had already been welded shut. His last sentence intrigued me, so I asked how early did he try to leave the building. It was 6 a.m., son, he informed me. The pharmacists told me that the truck with insulin was going to arrive at 9 a.m., but I thought I might get in the line early to make sure I get enough. This has left me very heartbroken, but it also gave me a clue. The perpetrator must have finished what he was doing before 6 a.m. And if that old man in need of insulin was able to get up onto the roof, surely the mysterious perpetrator could do the same. That would allow him to weld all of the doors shut from within. Perhaps it was even him who was waking up Natasha at night, or maybe someone else. I didn't want to jump to the most horrible conclusion right away. If something was crawling on the roof, it wouldn't miss its chance to go inside the building, unless it is already here, hiding in one of the apartments. There were talks that we could make a break for it. Make a rope out of bedsheets, hang it from the window, and then get down from the second floor's window, one by one, and then head to the other side of town. We were acting like a group. Today was the day we were going to set this plan in motion. But it didn't come to be. Last night I woke from a sudden sound. When I opened my eyes it was already over, but I knew what I'd heard. The scream, the howl, similar to the one that Beast produced. Only somewhat. Different. I lay in the dark with my eyes open, waiting for it to repeat, but there was only silence. I heard footsteps above. It seemed that I wasn't the only one who'd been woken up by it. Heading up to my feet, I glanced at my phone. It was 3 a.m. I tried going back to sleep, but I couldn't keep my eyes closed. The howl, the implications of it were keeping me awake. 
deciding that I'm not going to sleep anyway, I got up and headed for the balcony. Oh, hey there, my neighbor, Maxim, startled me. His balcony was a few meters away from mine, and he also decided to go out for a smoke. Even though it was a November night, he was wearing only his underpants. You heard that too. He pointed at the forest with his cigarette. I nodded, yeah, you think it's back. Didn't sound like it, Maxim confirmed my suspicions. It sounded different, you know, like a different breed or something. Yeah, I thought so too. You mind passing me one? I asked Maxim and he threw me the entire pack. Take it, you might need all of them. Before taking a cigarette, I glanced at the pack. Soya Zipolo. My curiosity spiked, but I quenched it. I didn't want to think about that at that moment. We smoke in silence for some time. Then, Maxim spoke again. Everything's in chaos in this building. Everyone is scared. We ought to do something about it. Like what? I wondered. I don't know yet, Maxim shook his shoulders. But it's our responsibility, as men, you get me. We have to he fell silent as a branch broke somewhere below. Something was moving down there. I only looked in time to see something big entering the forest, and my blood ran cold. It was standing there throughout all of our conversations, and neither I nor Maxim noticed it. We were merrily chatting as the beast below was biding its time, listening to our voices. Holy, have you seen it? Maxim loudly whispered. I eyed and I stuttered, still shocked that the creature we'd been hiding from for the last few days, the one that had crushed a man's windpipe with its jaws, was mere meters away from me. Hold on, I'll light it up. I searched my pockets for a phone, pull it out, turned on the flashlight, and pointed it at the forest. At the very next moment, I shuddered and dropped it, catching it at the very last moment. I was not ready to see something like that. The phone's flashlight was not particularly powerful, so the cone of light quickly dissipated. And yet some of the photons had found their way between the branches deep into the forest to reflect from the beast's lone giant eye, the size of a small platter, and travel back to me. At that short moment, I was unwillingly participating in a staring contest with it. Something told me that I was the first man to do so and walk away to tell about it. So now we know that it never left. It was always there, biding its time. It's not leaving, and neither are we. People are back to their apartments, and the stairwell is mostly empty. On my way to Natasha, some old woman opened her door to give me a death stare. Why the hell are you stalking around here? Everybody tense as it is, they don't need you creeping around here making noise. Today, Maxim knocked on my door. He told me that all able men were organizing into a militia, and offered me to join him. I decided that it's best to agree, if all able men were grouping up I'd be wise to stick with them, even if it could mean that I'd be the building's first line of defense. Plus, I'll be able to keep my eyes on Maxim. Now, that was the end of my tale. I hope you enjoyed yourself, listening while escaping the world you live in. That is all for today. Safe travels, and a blessed day. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.